All right, all right, amen, amen. Hey, good, is it still morning? Yes, good morning, welcome to Grace. There's a clock back there. Uh, my name is Carl Messenger, and I serve uh, as the area director for Young Life Gross Point, and it is, I'm trying to count double, triple, there's a lot of honors for, for me being able to be here this morning, um, chief of which is the Lord. Second is my man, Kevin Dupree, and of course, his much better half, Kayla Dupree, who we all know her birthday was yesterday, right? 6.05. They are, uh, yes, amen. She is, she's out of the hospital, as uh, I believe we all know, and so they are enjoying a little time uh, together, which is really special. And so we honor them. So Kevin, Kayla, we love you. We are praying for you. We're here for you, and uh, you guys are the best. Love that you're here. And uh, so today, uh, I think you might have heard John say, it's graduation uh, Sunday. I've been calling it Senior Sunday, um, but that's confusing. So not like blue hair seniors. We're talking like seniors that, no, did I offend too many people? I didn't say no hair seniors. I said blue hair. Come on. All right, no, high school seniors, uh, young adults. And so um, there's a fun fact about this. Um, as I was doing the math, now to be clear, I had someone check my math. And so if it's wrong, they're wrong, not me. But um, <laughs> if you don't know, I served here uh, as pastor of student ministries way back 2007. Some of you weren't even born yet um, until 2015. And so the seniors that are graduating right now um, were sixth graders. Uh, in 2015, uh, and then uh, fourth and fifth grade was 45 degrees as part of the student ministry at that time, and so kind of full circle, really special for me to be able to, to pinch hit here, um, just knowing that, and so really, really is pretty cool to, uh, to be able to bless them um, and challenge them one last time, and we're going to do that, and so um, the word that I feel like I want to share uh, to them today is a word that I believe we all need to hear and respond to. But I want to start with a story, and the story starts with a picture. This is a picture back from 1993. <laughs> um, when I was nine years old, a tornado tore through the center of our Dallas, Texas town, causing damage and so much fear. All because this wake of destruction came through town and devastated everyone. But there was another powerful force at work, and it's captured in this picture. You can see some of the destruction in this one particular place. But you see all these people, all the people and churches came together, and everyone uh, helped pitch in to, to clean up and repair and restore and bring faith and strength back to our town. And then the other thing in this picture is you see the rainbow. This should be like Time Magazine, if that's still a thing, or was back then. Like, this is like... I want to buy this picture. This is incredible to see the destruction, to see the hope, and to see God's presence in this picture in my little hometown back in Texas. And so the spiritual connection that I want to make, even just from this event and this picture, is seniors, young adults, all y'all, you can either choose to be an overwhelming force of destruction in your own life, in the world, in your relationships, in your family, at your school, or we can choose to be part of the beauty and restoration and regeneration 
of the people of God. The text that I want to uh, open with is uh, Ephesians chapter 1. So if you've got your scriptures, uh, go ahead and turn there. Bible app it. Bible under your seat is page 976. Um, Ephesians chapter 1. Let me give you some background on, on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So in AD 61, Paul is in prison in Rome. And he writes a number of letters. One of these letters is this letter that we have in our hands right now to the Ephesians. He writes this letter, and it's delivered to a guy named Timothy. Maybe you've heard of Timothy. He's got a couple other letters uh, that Paul wrote to him specifically. But this one is to Ephesus. It's a circular letter. What that means is that Timothy will get it. He will read it to his elders. He will read it to the body. And then he'll say, this is good stuff. We're going to send it all around Asia Minor. And so this letter circulated. In fact, it's still circulating today because we have it. That's pretty cool. And so... What you need to know about Ephesus, uh, there's so much there. Let me give a few of the high points. Another picture here at the center. So we just saying, you know, Jesus at the center of it all, right? Tornado goes through the center of my hometown. But at the center of Ephesus was this building. It's the temple to Artemis, the fertility goddess. It is four times larger than the Parthenon in Greece. I reference that because the Parthenon is still standing, and maybe you've seen pictures of it, maybe you've seen it in person. Somebody come up to me at the first service, oh my gosh, I've seen that. So like four times larger than the Parthenon. It took 120 years to build, and its ruins are still there today. All of Ephesus centered on this pagan religion. It was a very dark place, it was spiritually oppressed, yet very materialistic. It was an extremely affluent and influential port city in modern-day Turkey. But something happened in Ephesus nearly 2,000 years ago. The gospel descended on that city. See, back, it's recorded in Acts chapter 18, but 11 years prior, so in A.D. 50, Paul, one man, the Apostle Paul shows up to Ephesus. He meets a guy named Apollos. He preaches the word of God. People get saved. A church is formed and the gospel takes root in this city. And I pray as Paul to Apollos, Timothy, on down the line to today that we would choose to be part of that exact same force of renewal and regeneration in the world. So in Ephesus, one man shows up, meets another one, lives are changed, and the world is changed, and we're changed from it. I got a, a quote up here. This is really just for us to sit with for a second, but maybe longer. Um, and, you know, feel free to tweet it at KMS3 if you want. But I want us to think about this. Who is hearing and seeing? Because we interact with people. And people interact with us. Who's hearing and seeing the word of God right now because you're in their life? Uh, my favorite author, C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Four Loves, incredible book. Please pick it up. Very simple book. But he talks about how there are no chances. There are no chance encounters. There's no one in your life ever by accident. And he says, he's got this, it's capital letters because you'll see who he's talking about. He says, there is a secret master of ceremonies at work behind the scenes. God. Everyone in your life, everyone that you will ever meet 
is there for a purpose and a reason. And you're there for a purpose and a reason. And so what are we to do with these relationships? You know, the big question as a senior, um, and, 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 and young adults, it's still a question for a lot of us. I said us as if I was still one of them. You see how I did that? But I remember this time in my life between senior year of high school and freshman year of college. And I remember just a, just a basic question. Hey, Carl, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Make a lot of money. Hashtag duh. <laughs> Except hashtags actually weren't invented at the time. So we didn't say that. We didn't, that was not a thing. I'm dating myself over and over again this morning. But I don't know. And then they said the really dangerous thing that you got to be careful what you ask. And they said, well, why don't you pray about it? I'm like, that's right. That's what Christians do. I was, a new, I was a new believer about a year and prayed about it. And well, you know, that's how you get into something like I'm doing now. And so, but what do you want to do with your life? So there's a specific call that you should, all of us should ask, Lord, Lord, what do you have me to do with my life, with the remaining time, with all of my time, with this season, and ask for specifics, and look to the people he's put in your life, and go to that, and go to them, and bring God with you. There's this, the specific call, but even just, you know, for now, we can back off and look at the general call. For each of us, whether we're a senior or a senior, um, what does God want us to do with our lives. And I believe Paul lays it out pretty clearly here in Ephesians uh, chapter one. And so um, I, uh, all I want to do is I want to highlight three key phrases uh, this morning that Paul uses in Ephesians one. There is so much in this chapter, we couldn't even begin to unpack it all. And so I just want to highlight three phrases that I believe speak to our seniors and I believe speak uh, to each of us uh, as well. And so we will, uh, oh, here's the other fun part. We're only going to cover one sentence in the Greek. Uh, it's one sentence in Greek. It's like 12 verses in English. We're a little wordier. Paul's a mega run-on sentence. But let's look here at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Amen. The first phrase I'd like to highlight comes right out of verse 7 
which again reads, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And so the first key phrase here is that we are redeemed through Christ. It is nothing that we have done. He has done all the work. It's nothing that we have earned. But through his blood, through his sacrifice, we are redeemed. We are set apart. You know, when the church is the church as Christ intended, it leaves a wake of beautification and regeneration in the community, in the lives of the people, and in the world. When people come to Christ, lives change, lineages change, eternity changes. And so as we think through who is in our lives now that needs to know the love of Christ, go to them, bless them. They're your neighbors. They might be sitting next to you now. They might be family members. They might be a waiter or waitress at your go-to spot. God has put so many people in our lives for the rest of our lives, and he has sent us to bless them and to be Christ to them. And that will change the world. I want to show you another picture here. Anybody know what this is? Nobody? Chris? This, yes, this is the temple of Artemis in Ephesus today. There's a column and a quarter. Today, Artemis is extinct. And Ephesus is abandoned. No one, no one worships Artemis anymore. The way pushed it out. It's gone. And all that's left, all I can think of is ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's there. The Ephesians who worshiped wealth and sex and their own identity and their own power and their own materialism, this is all that they have left to show for it. In a word, it's nothing. They have nothing. I've never met anybody who worships Zeus or any, I mean, Wonder Woman, I guess, um, if I wanted to do Aries. But uh, let's go away from that one. But they're gone. They're fake. We know it. No one takes that seriously anymore. Let's, yeah, give me a question. This is amazing. Yeah, amen. That's what happened. She said, if you believe, it doesn't need to be there. And that's exactly what happened is one man showed up who believed. He met another one, and on and on. It was contagious, and it was gone. And in our lives today, it's the exact same. What is the culture of our day? I propose it's no different than it was 2,000 years ago in Ephesus is there's this culture of materialism, this culture of enjoy yourself. And as we look at senior Sunday or graduation, whatever we're calling this thing, and we look at, at going away to college, you've all heard it. That's your glory days, right? It's the best time of your life when you go to college. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. That, is a, that was not a joke. And you guys are laughing at me like I was some loser in college. <laughs> Thanks, guys. 
Listen, college is amazing. Enjoy it. It's awesome. It's so great. You're, you're out of your house and there's freedom. But let me tell you, Artemis, the spirit of Artemis still roams around this earth. And she is seeking to devour you. And you're going to meet people that are just like those who worshiped Artemis. And they're coming for you. And it's awesome. But it is not the pinnacle of your life. It is not your glory days. I don't know. I, I, I can't really understand Bruce Springsteen when he sings because I don't think he's that good. Sorry if I offended all the 50-year-old women in the room. But, like, I can't tell if he's dogging on glory days, like my friend who used to throw a speedball, whatever that is, um, or if he's saying, yeah, listen, I miss those times. Either way, your glory days are not right now if you're 18, 20, 25 the best days of your life, the best thing that you can do with your life is to follow God together with other people. That's why we encourage, amen. And that's, that's not just like a, hey, high schoolers thing. That's all of us. We can't do this alone. Paul uh, writes later in, in Ephesus, we're not going to, uh, in Ephesians, we're not going to turn there, but he writes um, in, in chapter 6, talks about the armor of God. He says, listen, this world and the evil one is coming to get you. And so get prayed up. And then he says, strap on the armor of God. But the beauty of the armor of God is he says, you do it together. It's not just one, you know, white knight, bring it on. It's side by side by side, armed with what God gives us, and together we advance. And so we survive it. So you're going away to college? Get ready. Survive it. Survive it together. Now, the beauty is, is I just think about the seniors that I know. They only go to like three different schools, right? They all go to either Hope, uh, Michigan, or uh, uh, Baylor, apparently, has become a thing around the same Waco. And I guess maybe, all right, in honor of Murray, we'll say Michigan State, if you couldn't get into the others. So that's cool, too. And uh, the beauty is, you may know somebody who is a believer at your school, in your life, in your workplace. Cling closely to them, because you are both redeemed. If you don't know somebody, you're going to one of those non-four schools and you don't know anybody going to your school, find somebody. Day zero, day now, like in your, I almost said chat room, but that just really day, you and your kids with your chat rooms and your cellular telephones. All right, find somebody and commit and follow Christ together, even in a proverbial Ephesus. And so we are redeemed. The second, um, we can throw the scripture up for the second uh, point I want to pull out of here is um, in verse 13. Paul writes, hey, when you heard the word of truth, and you have all, every one of us has heard the word of truth. You can't deny it. You've heard it. What are you going to do with it? The gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And that's from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Other versions also include a word in there that you were sealed and you were marked. And so the second um, key phrase I want to pull out is that we were marked. We're redeemed by God. Nothing we did. God did that. When he redeems us for the rest of our lives, we are marked. We are marked by our maker. And we are called and we are sent. And so what does it look like to live as someone who is marked by God? 
Well, the Ephesians, they were seeking earthly blessings from Artemis. They needed a paradigm shift, which is exactly what came for them. And so do we. And so do we. We don't live for the things of this world like they did. And it's really hard. It's not like, oh, well, we just don't do it. We're good. It's really hard. We actually, we want to. Everything in us wants to. But God offers us something better. He offers us something that lasts, something that satisfies. We are marked by our maker. Let's live in response to that. Um, in his book, I don't know, many of you probably have not heard of Alan Hirsch, but he's a leading uh, a thought leader on, uh, on the church these days. And, you know, he basically, his stance is like, why doesn't the church in the 21st century, that's today, why does it look so much differently than the first century? And so that's kind of the lens he's coming from. And one of the things, this quote I want to give you, is, is a pretty big imagination of what fallen Christ can look like in each one of our lives. He writes this, he says, uh, the question that we ask every follower of Jesus is this. Is the story we are telling big, mysterious, poetic, and mythical enough to allow us to experience the reality of God beyond the clutter and debris of this world that gets in the way? It's in his book, Reframation, which I don't believe is a word, but it is if you capitalize it, I guess. But does that describe your experience? Now, you, that, that's a pretty open question. Because some of you might be like, you know what, that clutter and debris, right here. But in the middle there, is your expression of following Christ, is it big? If we put it in a little box, nice package, here's your God. Is it mysterious? I mean, I, you could ask me a lot of questions. I'd be like, hey, that's a good one. Hey, Siri, you know, help me out. Or let me, I don't know. We don't know. We know the essentials. Is your expression of following God poetic? Does it ebb and flow as the spirit moves? Is it beautiful? Is it in words that we don't even always comprehend? And then that word mythical. Probably should have redacted that. Like that's a scary word for a lot of Christians. Why? If you've read the Bible, uh, it's... It's pretty, it's pretty mythical and mystical and like there's all this in there that's like so above us. And so just because we can't wrap our heads around this, to me that makes it even more beautiful and more amazing. Some people, they struggle with that, that's fine. But like is our expression, our relationship with God, is it big and poetic and mystical and mysterious? Or if we just packaged it nicely? That's how I want it to be. That's the people that I want to be rolling with. And that's the business that I think God has called every single Christ follower to be about. To get out there. We are redeemed. And he has marked us. And so what does that look like? Well, the final phrase that I want to pick from is here in verse 14. And um, it talks about this inheritance that he has guaranteed us. And we can acquire possession of that. And, and no one, for no one can take away, right? But it's this last line. 
that is one word in the Greek, to the praise of his glory. And that Greek word, and this is the third key phrase I want you to write down if you're doing that or typing things up, is eulogetos. That's a Greek word which means that last line, to the praise of his glory. Paul bookends and weaves all through. If you go back and read Ephesians 1, you'll see that phrase in there three or four times. This is what Paul wants all of us to be about. Your life, what are you going to do with your life? Eulogetos, whatever, to the praise of his glory. Who am I going to bless? Whoever God sends to the praise of his glory. This is the call for every believer. Now, this word, eulogetos, is where we get the English word eulogy. So at a funeral, the eulogy is when you speak about what marked a person's life. Paul wants the Ephesians and us to know that we are to live lives that are marked by the praise of God's glory. Not our own praise, not our own accomplishments, you know, it's like you don't want to, you, know, you want to live a life, the pastor isn't a lie at your funeral type thing. It's kind of like that. But it's not about you. It's about the praise of his glory. And if he has called you, if he has redeemed you and has marked you and set you apart, this is what we do in every situation. It's really that simple. So seniors, you're going off to college and Artemis and friends are coming for you. What do I do with this? Who do I date? What degree? What school? What fill in the blank? All you are to do is to live for the praise of his glory. It's that simple. Lord, does this add to the praise of your glory or not? Let me be honest. If you're asking, it's probably not. I'm just telling you from my experience. Are you sure? But what if, what if, but for the praise of his glory. That's why we're here. And that's freeing, and it's simple. And it's the gospel confronting the spirit of Artemis, which still exists today. You know, I want to close with kind of one uh, question, and, and this question starts with a question for the seniors, but I tell you, it might be even more important that we all answer this question ourselves, because some of us are closer, probably, to meeting Christ uh, than these seniors. Have you owned your own faith? In your time here, in your time on earth, have you owned your own faith? Or has it been your parents? Has it been a pastor's, some other person, or a place? Oh, yeah, I went to church. Oh, I did a Young Life thing. Is it, you know, another P? Is it pizza? I love pizza. Pizza lunch. See you Wednesday. What? Or have you owned it? Have you been redeemed? Are you marked by God? And are you living out the praise of his glory? Because I don't know if you know the stats or not, but eight out of nine high school kids who grow up in the church, who attend church in high school, eight out of nine will leave the faith over the next few years. And, and I look at that stat, and my response to that is, no, not us. We're not going to be part of the eight. You know, maybe we got to take a page out of Paul. Start with being the one. And then you get a second. And then it's contagious, on and on and on. We are redeemed. We are marked. 
and eulogetos, we live to the praise of his glory. Let me pray that over us, and then uh, Elder Murray Sale is going to come up and pray a uh, benediction over the seniors. Let's pray. Father, you are God. I am not. I love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that Paul was faithful to go to this pagan area. Thank you that he met Apollos and that a church was formed and the gospel took root and spread and it drove out evil. Father, may we see that in our own lives, in our own city, wherever you send us, may we bring your spirit and may we unleash it, not keep it boxed in, but may we go and may you use us in some small way with the gifts that you mark us with and the relationships that you place before us as you, the secret master of ceremonies, are orchestrating behind the scenes. May we see you, may we realize what you're up to, and may we get busy with that. Lord, as we look at all of the needs in this world and in our country and our community, Lord, may we look at anything, racism, uh, homelessness, uh, Father, may when we look at adoption of foster care and sex trafficking and all these all these things, Lord, may you mobilize believers who are willing to die to themselves to follow you and to bring about your change in this community just like in Ephesus 2,000 years ago. Lord, you are real and you are on the move. And I just pray that you would use these seniors and the rest of us uh, seniors to make you famous and bring you to the praise of your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Grace. I hope everybody's doing well this morning. I know one thing we should be thankful for is the air conditioning in our church this morning. So I said I'm not going to complain about the heat, so I won't do that, but I am thankful for the air conditioning in the church this morning. So I'm going to do a brief announcement, and then we're going to pray over the seniors and, um, and then we're going to share what the prayer team heard this morning. Quick announcement. Uh, many of you may have been involved in doing the planting around the church you know, earlier before this service. If you did, thank you for your service. Uh, right now, as I came in for the second service, there are a ton of people out there. And the good news is I was supposed to say, hey, go change and go out and plant flowers, but they finished. So <laughs> it's awesome. Um, now, there's, there's only one caveat to that. Evidently, the mulch did not get delivered. So those of you that had a conflict, the good news is you're going to have another opportunity. So if you're interested in helping spread the mulch around the church, uh, just please contact the office uh, this week or go to the information desk. Let them know you'll be willing to do it so that when we have the time and it's delivered, we'd love to help to do that. So, so listen, um, relative to the seniors, I just want to reinforce uh, some of Carl's words, which were just awesome. But the, the one thing I want to say to the seniors, the, the tough news is that you're entering a world right now that is probably more deeply divided than it has been since the late 60s or early 70s in this country. And it, we're kind of a mess right now, right? But we also as Christians know that God is in it. God is in everything that happens. So in every challenge, there is opportunity. And as Carl said, the opportunity lies with you. This is your world. You're going into this world now. You are inheriting the responsibility for the future of this world. And, and part of that comes responsibility. And one thing I just want to really emphasize with those of you that are seniors 
as you look around and you hear the discourse in this country today, you're meant to be led to believe that you are about your gender. You are about your economic status or your zip code. Or you are about your race. And I want to tell you the truth right now, today. Jesus Christ says you are so much more than any of those things. Pastor Kempton last week, if you were listening to the sermon, talked about the huge curtain that used to lie between us and God, and that when Jesus died on the cross, that thick, huge curtain was torn and removed the separation between us and God. The curtains people are trying to lay today are trying to divide us. And one of the roles of the church, when it was first set up, Jesus' vision for the church was that we would not allow things to divide us, but that we would look at ourselves as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of Christ, and that is what defines us. So I just want to encourage the seniors this morning. It takes courage in this environment to talk about your faith and to stand up and say, you don't agree with these things, and to do it in a loving and in a compassionate way. Go get a Bible, read a red-letter Bible, and see how Jesus dealt with conflict. We all know about Jesus of love and compassion, and he's a great example of that, but we also know he's a Jesus that flipped tables in the marketplace. Sometimes you have to flip tables, but what you will see when you read the Red Letter Bible is the way Jesus entered into conflict and disagreement, the way he did it with peace, calmness, confidence. He knew who his father was. He knew where he was going. He knew what his mission was. So to you seniors, if you have that same confidence, as Carl said, if you know what your mission is, or, or try your best to figure that out and find mentors to help you figure that out, when you know those things, and you reach disagreement, and you will out in this world. You'll know how to address that. My wife shared a quote with me the other day that said, uh, peace is not the lack of disagreement or con uh, uh, conflict, but peace is when you go into disagreement and conflict hand in hand with Jesus Christ. He told us how to address that, and that's what we're called to do. So I've just, that is, and Carl really hit on this well during his sermon, that is what you guys are entering and I have all the confidence in the world that you will enter it the way Jesus asked you to enter it. So to all the people that are watching online, all the seniors and the parents and grandparents, and then all that are here, we're going to ask any seniors, uh, anybody that's going to graduate to stand up, if you wouldn't mind. And if you're at home, please stand up in your living room or your bedroom or your kitchen, wherever it is that you're that you're, uh, you are this morning. So then we're going to ask as we pray for these seniors, if everybody could just raise a hand towards the senior, maybe raise a hand towards the camera back there so that the folks that are at home feel as though that we're speaking to them. So Lord, we just lift up these graduates, whether they're going on to college, whether they're going on to trade school, whether they're going on to uh, jobs or going on to service, military service or otherwise, we lift them up, Lord, and we just pray that they constantly feel the Holy Spirit with them. They need to be reminded that you are with them every minute of every hour of every day, week, month, and every year. You will never leave them. You will never forsake them. You have made them uniquely. You have made them with skills and abilities and passions. And we pray, Lord, that you do not allow the world to suck those abilities and those passions away from them. We ask you that you do not allow them to form themselves to the world, 
but that they work to form the world to them and to their beliefs and to their solid belief in you, Jesus Christ. We also pray, Lord, that they consistently seek the truth, that they never accept relativism in today's world, that they look to the Bible, they look to believers, they look to people that have been around the block a few times, and that rather than just acquiescing to the relativity of today's society, that they stand firm in the truth that we know to be true. Lord, we pray for them. We ask for their courage. We ask you to bless their future. And most of all, Lord, we just ask you to remind them each and every day how much you love them and how uniquely they have been made. And also just remind them, Lord, that this entire church will be praying for them and will always be with them and will always be here for them to come back to when they need our assistance and when they need our prayer. So we lift all these graduates up to you. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So uh, when you leave today, the ushers will have these cards, which are just prayer cards. You can put them up on your refrigerator or wherever to remind you just to pray for these graduates. These are something we, we need to be doing, not just this season, but I think as they go on to their jobs or military service or college, uh, we need to be praying for them throughout the summer and, and throughout the fall. Uh, so finally, we have the prayer people uh, before the prayer warriors before service here. Just trying to get my phone up so I can read this for you. To you seniors, this is what happens when you're, you're a little older. Um, so the prayers from the second service was that somebody needs the hope that Jesus Christ gives. I would say that's probably just about all of us, but there's somebody in particular that you know, you know who we're speaking to. And then they heard that God is preparing an army in these seniors to disperse to bring his kingdom to earth. Don't take no pressure on that one, but those were part of the prayers. So just wish you all a wonderful rest of the Sunday, a great week ahead, and to you graduates, thank you for being a part of our church, and thank you for what you're going to do moving forward. God bless you.